now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty and Tommy D. We are with you again. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, when you do, whether it's every week or every other week or once in a while, whatever the case may be, uh, we do appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing it with other people. And, uh, you know, if it's beneficial, share it. Hopefully it's beneficial. I know we have a good time doing these. Oh, well, yeah, I know. It, it just yeah. kind of, it actually would be good to do it before I preach and it'll internalize it more. It would. It's so true. But, yeah. you know, there's always things you forget or you wish you'd have said or wish you'd have said differently. And this and, is uh, your chance. Yeah, this is my chance. Right. But not everybody's listening to this to, for me to straighten it out. But yeah, we're finishing up a series um, that called, oh, that was, I was looking at the wrong one. What was the name of the series? This series was Make It Personal. Make It Personal. I uh, was looking at the title of the next series. Somehow it got wrong one here. But yeah, Make It Personal. And the whole thing is just, we are all on a spiritual journey and there are certain things that are catalysts to helping us grow in our relationship with Christ. And that, that was the goal just to cover a few of those things. And, um, yeah, do you remember what they were? I do. You know, well, first you said to help you grow in your relationship. So the thing I like is you make it personal and you obviously are intending that to be for individuals, but this was very personal for our church too. Absolutely. We say it every week or we exist to lead people to know Christ and then grow, grow in their relationship. So these three disciplines were, Personal ministry, yeah, um, pivotal, pivotal circumstances, and then private disciplines. I had so much feedback from the pivotal circumstances. Oh. I mean, it was just so many people that, you know, they have the question that I kept asking, is that a coincidence? Mm. And so many people just kept, yeah, I would hear it in conversations and they would talk about things that happened and, uh, you know, it's no, it's no coincidence. We know that God uses those things to, to mold us and make us into who he wants us to be. Uh, but this week we talked about a private discipline and we talked about the private discipline really of generosity and, and tied that to, to somewhat into our worship as well, mm-hmm. which is where you're going for the next couple of weeks right. uh, on, on your message. We'll talk about that as we close out today. But, uh, you know, just when it comes to, when it comes to discipline, um, we know there's value in that, right? It, it, it's something that we know we ought to do, Even but we don't, we don't really want to, want to do. Yeah. You've been better at that this week than I have. Yeah, I honest. was just telling you that um, yesterday morning I wasn't able to get to the gym at my normal time. And so when I left here yesterday afternoon, the last thing I wanted to do was go to the gym. And yet I forced <laughs> myself. Right. And so, it, and I said it was probably a six and a half or or seven on a scale of one to 10. It wasn't the greatest workout, but I was walking to my car afterwards and I thought, you know what? That is better than not going at all. Yeah. Which is what I did. I didn't go at all. Oh, well, boy. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm leaving for Israel later this afternoon and rub it in. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been spending the mornings with my wife. That's what, that's been my excuse anyway. You know, I could have been like you and went later in the day but and neglected my wife I, <laughs> if that's what you did oh <laughs> but i opted to, to hang around the house and have coffee with her in the mornings this week so but yeah it's, it's something we ought to do but we don't really want to do um but we know there's value in discipline For and sure. so that was the whole uh purpose in kind of setting this this one up because you know this you preach enough and and you've pastored you know when you talk about generosity you never oh. know how it's going to be received 
well, we got a pretty good notion of how it's going to be received. <laughs> like, oh, this is the last thing I want to hear. But what your your phrasing was brilliant. You said, before you tune me out, just hear me out, <laughs> which was well done. There was not a mass exodus to the restrooms That's at right. that point. So I was pretty was happy with that. <laughs> but you know, one thing I've discovered um, when it comes to talking on money and generosity and these things, those who are giving, they never mind hearing that yeah. message. I never mind hearing a message on generosity. It's just a great reminder of what we're called to do. And it's a great reminder for me. I mean, you talked about results of of this particular discipline mm -hmm. or in general, which I know we'll hit in a second, but I love hearing about generosity because it's a great reminder that however much I'm giving in the grand scheme of things is like the widow's might, right? Yeah. I mean, God doesn't need our money, but it, I can't help but smile and think, man, he takes whatever I give and he stretches it and multiplies it and uses it in ways I could never even fathom. Oh. So, so much, so much. Yeah. And, and you do get on the other side of it and, and you do feel good about yourself. You feel like, you know, I've contributed to the kingdom, whether it would be a small amount or a large amount in our eyes, we have contributed to something greater, greater than ourselves. And, but we've heard it, we've heard so, and I think this is the reason people push against it is we've just heard so many messages and I've probably been guilty of them as well. Uh, you give, you give messages on, generosity and giving and you get manipulative with it. Mm -hmm. You try to put the guilt trip on people, hoping they'll mm -hmm. respond and give more. And, and, and we've heard that we, we've been guilty of, of that as well. Sure. We have, we but as parents are just good at guilt trips. We are. Well, that's one of the, I mean, <laughs> but that's a right that we have as parents. Yes. we so, can. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things, again, I don't, I'm going to brag on charity just a little bit. Um, in a humble brag because I know that God's moving in ways right now through this church body. And it's you and I talk about it all the time. It's, it's extremely humbling. Oh, absolutely. But one of the first thing, the first thing you said with results of discipline is you see progress. Well, you and I both love working out. I don't think I'd love working out if I never saw progress. Right. But when it relates to our discipline of generosity, you're seeing the progress that's happening through this group of misfits called charity. Yeah. Like he's taking collectively our generosity and truly reaching the ends of the earth. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's huge progress. No doubt. No so. doubt. And, and you know, it, it, even locally, when you look at this food ministry building, oh. the food pantry building that we're, we're erecting and uh, you know, the, the amount of money that's already come in for that is just enormous and we haven't even put up the first piece of metal you know yet and and we're just waiting on some approval through the city for that um and once we get that it's going to happen and and the, but the generosity from this church body has always been humbling you know even when i was here as the student pastor it was always neat to see when people responded to vision Sure. And that's what they respond to. We we all respond to vision. We don't respond to it. We may respond in the moment to guilt or manipulation. But not long term. But long term, yeah. we respond to vision. That's right. Uh, guilt, I've always said, kind of lasts just as long as the feeling does. Mm. And whenever that's your motivation and the feeling's gone, then you get the resentment that comes in behind it. And then you get the regret that I, why did I give that? I don't like the way they mm. kind of manipulated me into it. I kind of felt guilty into it, whatever. Right. But then you start looking for a refund. You start looking for a refund. <laughs> I did that one time, you know, and you may have been here. I, you probably were here. I, I preached on the value of tithing and how God 
promises that if if you will give him his 10% right off the top, then he'll multiply the 90%. And I, uh, it was kind of like on a whim that I just basically said, hey, try it for 90 days. If you can do 10% of your giving for 90 days and God does not bless you, then come back and we'll give you a refund. I remember you doing that. <laughs> I had somebody come up to me and said, I have never heard anybody yeah. issue that. But you know, you even though it might have been on a whim, God is a promise keeper. Sure he is. He, he 100% will stretch the 90% farther than you and I can stretch 100%. Yeah. So, and, and to me, that leads to the, the second result knowing that i mean not thinking that but knowing that he's a promise keeper and he will make my 90 percent stretch that to me gives oh. me amazing freedom absolutely and and we it is one of those only areas of in scripture where I mean, maybe the only the real only place time. where god says test me in this malachi 310 test me just yep. test me in this and see if i will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out more blessings than you can contain Right. And uh, and you did a good job of of being very clear. That text is not speaking specifically to financial blessings. No. It, it might be for somebody, right? But but you did a great job of teaching through that. And I, I told you that for me, the the number one way that uh, his blessings have been poured out to Leah and myself and my family is having peace. Having peace. I mean, yeah. there have been times where I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to get through this month. Um, huge unexpected. This week, a huge unexpected car uh, repair mm-hmm. that I did not see coming, which that's never fun anyway. It's really not fun where when it comes out of left field. Right. But even in that moment saying, God's my provider. And, and you know, here's the cool thing. If we're going to follow his principles his way, you know. You you have a rainy day fund, yeah. But ultimately, he gives you peace in those moments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's good. Hey, quick question: mm-hmm. Where did the phrase that came out of left field? Where did that come from? Well, based, you know, I don't know, but I, just this week, I, <laughs> I saw wonder this, where those things come from. Video, one of these little short reels <laughs> where. Like the little four-year-olds, he hits the ball and he runs the wrong way. And these kids are in pure mayhem. And all of a sudden, the ball comes in and plops this one kid in the head. That ball came out of left field for that kid. It was it was so good. I always wondered where, because, you know, most people hit, right-handed hitters hit to left field. So yeah. you know that's where it's coming from. It's coming from question. left field. So I don't know. Somebody anyway, Google it. Yeah, figure know. that out. Let us know as soon as possible before this podcast is over. Wait, no, they're not listening live. <laughs> So one of the things that, that this is probably a verse that I have to constantly remind myself of, okay, constantly remind myself of when it comes to money. Um, and that is Matthew six twenty one. for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so this is not really for God. It's not a money issue. That's right. It's a heart issue, right? Every time. Generosity is a heart issue. It is not about money. I have seen. The poorest of poor, extremely be the, generous, be extremely generous, or be extin- stingy. Stingy, yes, right. Extremely stingy, mm-hmm. and I've seen the richest of rich that I know. Exactly. I don't know a lot of rich, rich people, but I know some rich people. Yeah. I have seen them pour out the generosity, mm-hmm. and they've got money, but money doesn't have them. They know what it's like to be abased and be abound, just like mm-hmm. Paul talked about, and uh, 
And they also are, you know, then I know some that they're stingy. Mm-hmm. They're stingy. They have to almost be manipulated <laughs> to, uh, to, to give any kind of generosity. But we don't want to do that. We want it to be from a heart that is properly aligned with God and his mission. Yep. Hey, listen, <clears throat> I've seen this firsthand. Um, and you, you say this all the time where you're like, people say, well, if I just, if I won the lottery, then I'd be generous. And you say, no, you wouldn't. Because if, if you're not generous now, all that would, that's just going to magnify, you know, your heart and your position of your heart right now. Oh, my goodness. I saw that firsthand. One of my customers when I was in business won the Powerball, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. And I had to, if you want to call it manipulate, <laughs> manipulate this person to make good on the contract they had with me. Wow. And I thought that right there is an example of what you're talking about. Yeah. More wealth will not make you more generous. No. It is it is a heart issue. Money magnifies who you are. Mm. That's all it does. More money magnifies more of who you are. Listen, I, I love how Dave Ramsey says all of us can do this. Give yourself a checkbook biography. Open up your checkbook, <laughs> pull up your bank statement, yeah. and just look. Where is my treasure? Yeah. And years ago, he would use an illustration in Financial Peace. He would pick up a, a brick because people will say money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. That's right. It's the love of money. It's right. the obsession of money. He's saying money is like this brick. It's amoral. You know, you can use it to build a house or you can use it to knock out a store window. Mm-hmm. It, it, ha- it, it, takes, a tool. it takes on the characteristic, takes on the character of the person who's holding it. Oh, that's and that's what God understands about us. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And uh, what your money goes after is a signal of where your heart's going, what your heart's going after. And um, so, you know, and he goes on and later on in Luke, his record of this is he said, take care, be on your heart, be on your guard against this, against covetousness, um, for your life does not consist of the abundance of possession. And, uh, you know, and I made this statement and I believe it, that there is a close connection between our wealth and our worship. We, We use our wealth to, to worship God or we use our wealth and we worship our wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a close, close connection well, to that. And you use that word covetousness. We're going to look at that a little bit this week because when it pertains to worship and your point there, when Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of the world, right? And this is in a context of worship that yeah. he says that so many people see something, covet it, and then instead of advancing God's kingdom, just pursue the thing that they're seeing and all they're doing is conforming to that other person. Yeah, absolutely. You and I both, I mean, the car business, we've got that in common in our background Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm, I I can be guilty of it too, but, but I've seen it so much that, that people get that salivating spirit about them when it comes to that new car smell and they will do anything almost possible to get financed on a car they cannot afford, right? You know they can't afford it. You know they can't. Listen, uh, the 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 allure of the new car smell is a car salesman's best friend. Yeah. I, period. Yeah. yeah. I, you know. But it, it comes down to that covetousness and it just having our our heart. And then we got to look back and we go, listen, it's not about possessions. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with possessions, right? That's right. I mean, th- th- I, I like nice stuff. Sure. But but when they have you and when, when you're problem. you're just 
bent on that and that's your, your consumer mindset on everything, uh, that's just an unhealthy place to be in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, let's just work through a couple of these things. Sure. Um, one of the things that, that we mentioned, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Maybe you'd want to speak into this. Your life is enriched through generosity. And, and Paul makes a lot of, a lot of different uh, points there. You know, don't do it out of reluctancy or compulsion, but make sure you've decided this in your heart. There's that heart issue once again that, that Paul's now tapping into, just like Jesus uh, told us about. He loves a cheerful giver because when, when it's under manipulation or compulsion, right. there's it's no joy there, right? Yeah, it's going to be temporary. One of the things I love, though, about that, one, you were very clear, there's a big difference in rich and being enriched. Yeah. And my life has been enriched, but I looked at it. I was listening to you teach that. And one of your points was discipline is beneficial regardless of our attitude. There's days that you don't want to go to the gym, but you still go. Uh, When I first started giving, I did it reluctantly. I did it reluctantly. My attitude was not cheerful. But here's the cool thing. God is a promise keeper regardless of my attitude. And he used that to prove he is, in fact, a promise keeper. And to go to what you said through that experience, my life was enriched. Even though I did it reluctantly, he opened up the eyes of my heart and gave me an enrichment in my life because money no longer has control of me. At that time when I made way less, right? Yeah. Early, early yeah, 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Money had control of me. It goes to what you said. Yeah. We made nothing and it still had complete control. Even though I did it and I had a bad attitude, it was still beneficial and he enriched me through it. Well, the, you know, and here's something that as I was meditating on this passage and just thinking about, about this, that, um, you know, in verse nine, he says, as he, he distributed freely, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He, he promises that he's going to just like the sparrows of the, of the, of the air, he meets their needs, but he's also going to meet the needs of those who are poor. But he promises to make good to those who are generous and have more. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that as I was just thinking about that is just that oftentimes when, when it came to my giving and I gave maybe from the wrong spirit or certainly from the wrong spirit, and there was an expectation of financial blessing. Right. But, but when God looks at us and he chooses to enrich our lives, he knows what we need more than we know what we need. That's and right. it was just when I was studying that and just meditating, I was like, wow, it, it's, it's neat that, that God knows that I don't need maybe a thousand dollar check to sh- throw a uh, show up in my account. But what I need is some other type of encouragement in my life or mm-hmm. some peace like you were talking about, or just, just something that enriches my life that is not in the form of money. Yeah. And he's faithful to that. Hey, I, you know, like you, you talked about health. He knows that, you know what, Marty, you need health right now in this season of growth at charity because you're going to need stamina and endurance mm. more than you're going to need that financial gain. You're going to, he knows that. Yeah. And we have to trust that he truly does know best. Though. Right. And we've got to trust that, that God, not our own selfish greed is what's going to provide for our needs. That's right. And I think that we kind of, you know, we, we want to take control of that as part of our life. We like to have control over and, um, and, and we, we don't step into the faith, but I asked this question, what would happen to your giving? It, I heard somebody else ask this question mm-hmm. before. And I was like, that is just a good 
self-awareness um, question where you go, what would happen to your giving if you really believed that God sees it and rewards it? Mm. Man. It goes back to the <laughs> uh, question I love asking people, do you really believe what you believe is really real? That's good. All right. Thank That's you for good. calling the Department of Redundancy <laughs> Department. But do you believe what you believe is really real? Yeah. Well, mm. if the answer to that is yes, then you're going to have a hard time with the question that you asked, which is so good, other than to say, God, here it is. Yeah. I- I'm living open-handedly for you. Right. And if we really believe that he is a rewarder of those who are generous, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of reward it is. If he's the discerner of my needs and he knows how to enrich my life the best, then I'm going to do my part and be generous. I'm going to give. I'm going to do my tithing. I'm going to give to my faith promise. I'm going to to be generous in other areas where, where the doors are open. And I just trust God. And I just say, God, I'm doing, I'm being obedient and, um, and okay, how are you going to enrich my life? And That's I right. just trust you're going to do it. And and your one point, God uses the private discipline of generosity to spread the gospel. We know that's oh, yeah. true. Yeah, We had such an honor of hanging out with these missionaries uh, this week. Um, Sean even said that the night of worship Sunday night was, it was almost like a full participation with every single person in the room, engaging like never before. And you and I were talking, I think that's a direct result of like, a weekend where you constantly were seeing God's faithfulness, not just here, but across the world. Um, But it does strengthen our faith. So maybe, you know, somebody is just starting to say, you know what? God is a promise keeper. I'm going to start with a tithe. I'm going to stop at the tithe. But you and I over the years have been strengthened because, okay, well, now it's second nature to tithe. Mm -hmm. But God, I'm going to stretch my faith, and for the first time ever, I'm going to get involved in this faith promise. Yeah. And I'm going to do that for a year. And my faith is strengthened. And then, God, I've, I've kind of gotten comfortable with that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start giving offerings. I'm going to start supporting ministries outside of the local church in the form of an offering. So now you're, you're, you're giving, you're tithing, you're offering, and that whole process, you're just getting strengthened. Yeah. It's like, and I got some feedback from, you know, when you stop at the red light and you look and you try not to make eye contact with the guy holding the sign. That's so hard, you know, but, but you get there, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're led to to give that way. I've just kind of decided that most of my giving is going to be through, through charity, my local church. And, uh, and which, you know, we talked about faith promise. Let me just real quickly, the idea behind faith promise is saying, I'm giving this amount toward missions in faith, believing in God's promise Mm. that he's going to use it to bless others, but he's also going to, through my obedience and through my generosity and my faith, my life is going to be enriched as well. And uh, I don't know where we are currently on that. We're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars this year for our, our missions specifically for our, for our missions giving. And uh, I would venture to say we're probably in the 40, 45,000 range already. And so if you've not filled out a card, you can go to our church website and uh, I think it's under the signups and you can sign up to, to be a part of that faith, faith promise pledges. hundred percent of that goes, a hundred percent goes to the, 
mission partners. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to missions all the way through right there. Well, hey, listen, for the next couple of weeks, Tom's got it. He's going to be bringing hey, the messages, and uh, I know it's going to be great. I'll be listening from the other part of the world over in Israel. And so uh, do you want to give any kind of a teaser for that? Um. Well, the series for the next two weeks is called Made to Worship. The reality is every single one of us are worshipers. Yeah. We might not think of it, but we'll discover it here in the next two weeks, hopefully. Well, good deal. And when I get back from Israel, I'm going to be pumped and ready for Easter Sunday and Good Friday. So, hey, until I'm back, take care. And uh, Tom, you'll be back next week with somebody, I'm sure. Indeed, sir. All right. Have a good one.